Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Fight Fans? This is Carlos Toro for the Fightful Boxing Podcast. Today is May 4th, not April 4th, May 4th. (laughs) And the the one laughing right there is the one, the only, Stephen Muehlhausen. Stephen, happy May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. May the 4th freaking be with you, amigo. And may the 4th be with everybody. First, are are you a Star Wars guy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've been a huge Star Wars guy my entire life. Every May 4th, I will come down and play my absolute favorite video game of all time, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. And for those of you gamers from the mid-2000s, you know what game I'm talking about. It is one of the best video games ever, in my opinion. I will always play it. I have not had a chance to play it today because I've been super busy with finals, but I will put that on hold for later this weekend after Canelo Alvarez and Julio Cesar Chavez are done with, with their massive fight, and I will play the heck out of that game. God, I, I haven't played a video game in – man, it's been a minute. You know, just I, – I get asked this all the time, and, and I, I have a lot of buddies that play video games, and I'm like – I just don't have time. You know, it's I go teach. I got to go pick up my my son. Then I come home. I, you know, this week's been hectic with my wife being at work. But, you know, just like a normal day is insane, insanity as it is, whether it's writing for Fightful or other publications or just taking care of my son, hanging out with him. So it's video games get like left to like very, very low on the docket. I think if we, if we could say that. Yeah. Unfortunately, so I used to be big in the video games, man. Like old school Nintendo, Super Nintendo, then Sega, then the Nintendo 64. And then my, I think for a minute I had like an Xbox. For one time, for about a week, I had Xbox and PS3 at the same time. Oh, didn't last wow. Time. Not bad. Yeah, well, story to that. The girl, the woman I was with at the time bought me an Xbox. My dad went and bought me an Xbox. 
So I made the girl I was with take the Xbox back and got me. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, that was such a man. That was let's see, God, that was like almost fifteen years ago. Holy Christ! That means I'm old. Oh yeah, you are. Damn, You're old. definitely old. Thirty-six and going, man. I, I feel every bit of thirty-six, but no. Star Wars is awesome. Made a fourth beat with everybody. And tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo. And when it's Cinco de Mayo, like you said, it's Cinco de Mayo weekend. But let's thank everybody first. You know, last me and you have been going, talking about this starting last week off air and then last Thursday and then last, you know, last Saturday and just throughout the week. And we want to thank everybody. These numbers for last Thursday's podcast and for the fight, for the post-show recap, amazing. Amazing. I you know you were telling me there was only been a couple podcasts that have done. We were last time I looked was, which was this afternoon. We were like over 12,000, like 500 and something. And the pot and the Thursday podcast was a little bit over 1100. So we want to thank you guys. You guys are the reason we're doing this. We love doing it. And then this leads also to Saturday night, which an expected great fight between Canelo Alvarez and Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. So I wanted to thank you guys. We wanted to thank you because the numbers blew us away, and it's absolutely amazing, and we appreciate everyone watching. So thank you guys. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's a, the, it certainly shocked me when we hit the numbers that high. It was, it was simply unbelievable. And we hope to bring you that much uh, entertainment and analysis that all of you came to watch on Saturday, uh, last Saturday for this, for tonight and this upcoming uh, fight against Canelo and Julio Cesar Chavez. And my goodness, the, the hype for this fight is certainly real. And honestly, the, the closer we are getting to this day, I am getting a lot more excited about this fight. And I didn't think I would get this excited because of a number of things that we'll get into uh, throughout this podcast. But yeah, I, I'm excited for this podcast. I, I don't know about you, but this certainly is, you know, the first pay-per-view of the year that really I'm, I'm definitely excited not just for the main card and uh, not just for the main event but also the undercard you know we're very lucky here two weeks in a row we're getting you look at the last actually i was, you could say now this is the third week you know you you got you got the appetite wet a little bit with bert with berto and porter that was pretty good they got they got the juices going a little bit and then what we got last week for the heavyweight championship of the world between anthony joshua and Vladimir Klitschko. And then we cap it off. This great three-week stretch coming up on Saturday night from the sold-out T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, live and only on HBO pay-per-view. Pay-per-view presented by HBO. And this runs deep. I'm excited. I've been – now, I don't know about how long it took you, but I know it only took me – it took me – I. it took me to get over Joshua Klitschko after – once I got to Tuesday, I got ready for this. I was I was getting ready. Like the juices were flowing. Everyone the the, the hangover had ended, and everyone was starting to get into Alvarez Chavez Jr. mode. Yeah, I got excited. I, I certainly I started thinking a lot about the fight. Um, say Tuesday. That that's when I kind of got started with the fight. And it's not that it was I couldn't get excited for Chavez and Alvarez, but it's because we had the last two weeks has been really, really great for boxing. So it's hard to think that far ahead when you already have such a massive fight taking place in London this past Saturday. And 
And to be honest with you, I, I think Canelo and Chavez Jr., you know, for, there's a lot, even though there's not no world titles, no world title eliminator at stake, there's only a lot on the line. I think for Canelo, I, this is finally the, a fight where he's got, where a lot of people are expecting him to win and to show that he's every bit the superstar that he is. And beating Chavez, that's going to be a mildly good accomplishment. And for Chavez, you know, he's a guy that he has not, he hasn't looked good in the past few years since the Sergio Martinez fight. He has not looked good. And if he can actually pull off the upset and beat Canelo Alvarez, and there's a lot of things go- working for him heading to this fight. If he can actually win this fight, his career is automatically legitimized. It's no, he'll no longer be working off of the, the legend that is his father's name. He, he'll be his own made man. You know, this fight tried to get made once. I remember in and I'm right <laughs> just talking to people and then thinking about it now, and I've been hearing this throughout the week. This was originally this fight was scheduled to happen. It was talked about in like late 2011. I was actually doing some research on it before we came on, and and at that time it was, you know, Chavez held all the cards. And the animosity even ran deep at that time was you had Chavez was established. He was the man. He was the middle he was the middle champion of the world. And Canelo was the young gun coming up. And you know, it was, you know, talked about the proposed fight with Floyd, and you know, you had all that going on. And it was a matter of would it get made, and it didn't get made at that time. And a lot of, you know, there was a lot of bad blood before then and the bad blood only got worse as this time went on and one side blamed the other but if, if you really look at it, I, you blame i blame oscar de la hoya 100 150% on that and i blame canelo for that fight not having i don't give too much blame to chavez in that aspect but now you look at now the rules are reversed the blood's only got the animosity's only gotten deeper the hatred you can you can cut the tension with the knife if you guys haven't watched any of the stuff on like the HBO face-off or any of the stuff that, you know, the HBO has been putting up on YouTube. And if you look at the press conference from yesterday, you can see the stare down. These guys don't like each other. You can tell they hate each other. Canelo thinks Chavez is lazy. You know, he could have, you know, this fight should have happened a long time ago. It's just a lot of, you know, Chavez calling Canelo a chicken for ducking Golovkin. Just, it's, Something I've seen is something I believe. This is the Mexican Super Bowl. You got the two biggest names in Mexican boxing since Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. So you're looking at in the last, you know, Chavez retired, I think, in like 97, 98. In the last 20 years, these are the two big, or when he was relevant, these are the two biggest names in in Mexican boxing. Bar none, and they hate each other. This is to become the king of Mexico. If, if there is such a thing. And I think we'll find that out on Saturday night. Now, let's, let's dissect this fight one by bit. And I think the biggest thing that a lot of people are looking at is the weight. Under 64 and a half pound catch weight. Uh, almost 10 pounds more. Nine and a half pounds more than Canelo has fought at the most in a fight. Canelo's, even though he's technically fought at middleweight in his last several fights, He's all, they're all been at 155 pound catch weight. And then you look at a guy like Chavez, who at one point was a world champion, 160 pounds, 
Then he started moving up to 168 and 175. And he's been having a lot of trouble in the last few years trying to make weight. So now, now you're now they're going to have him go at 164 and a half pound catch weight. Chavez said that he's going to be all right, that he's not going to have any issues making weight. In this one, it's hard to make. It's really hard to tell who has an edge in here. Because Canelo, I feel like he'll have an easier time getting to 164 and a half pounds. But he is going to be easily the, the smaller guy in terms, of, uh, in terms of height, in terms of reach. It's hard to really take a take a good look at who actually has the event in terms of who's going to be better equipped, better suited come fight time. I don't know what you have, uh, what you think. I think for Canelo, I think he has a slight edge just because it's easier to try to get 264 and a half pounds than for a guy like Chavez to just get himself really dehydrated and try to make 164 and a half pounds because I still don't fully believe that he's gonna get to that weight with zero issue whatsoever. So I don't know what. So what do you think? I think we need to really look at the fact that why this weight even go deeper down than that. Look at the weight, one hundred and sixty four and a half pounds. And the question I'll pose to you, and then we'll get further into it. Why this weight? Why is Canelo all of a sudden like you know what? I said I would take it, I would ease up to middleweight. Why the sudden jump to 164 and a half in your mind? See, in my mind, when, when this fight was first announced on 164 and a half pound catch weight, I thought that my immediate thought was maybe this is some sort of a test to see if he can get to that weight and if he's able and go up against a guy who is big. He's, big, he's a bigger, you know, Travis is a bigger guy than Canelo. And I'm thinking maybe this is some sort of long-term planning for, for Golovkin. Because Golovkin has said he wants the fight at 160 pounds, not, on, not some, some BS 155-pound catch weight. And I thought if he can get to 164.5 pounds with relative ease, then he'll, then he'll feel confident in saying 160 pounds. And and then there'd be no no issues or talks from the public saying like Canelo can't cut it at uh, at anything higher than 155 pounds. You know, I've been getting that that right around that same argument from a lot of people, just just fan, pure fans of the sport, and you know. And the more I've thought about it, I I, I tried to get on that side, and I, I tried to get it, and. There's still a lot of me, though. At the end of the day, he wants nothing to do with Gennady Golovkin. And I think he, I think Canelo and Delo, Oscar De La Hoya, from the head of Golden Boy Promotions, I think they view this as the bigger fight than Golovkin. And in a way, I think they're right because you're looking at report, and reports are out there. And I've confirmed those reports that this is trending to be one of the biggest, this will be the biggest pay-per-view of the year. But you're trending about 1 million, just in terms of Mexican homes, of 1 million people buying this on pay-per-view. It's trending that way. If it even comes close to that, and you figure what it's going to do here just in the States, probably six, seven 700,000. 
I think you're, you're looking at a minimum of 1.5 million buys on pay-per-view. If you, even if you hit a million, that's a success. You're hitting one and a half million, that's a bigger success. I don't think Canelo and Golovkin will, I think it, it has a shot of hitting a million, but I don't think it has a shot of hitting one and a half million. And I think Canelo just views this as the bigger fight. And in a lot of ways that you look at it, if this fight was made, if Chavez would have stayed on the straight and narrow path and made weight, stopped snorting the weed and, you know, getting DUIs and snorting coke, I meant, and cocaine and stuff like that, I think this is a different story. I think this fight could have been a record setter. And I just don't get the sudden leap. Why go up 10 and a half pounds? You don't need to do that. There's no necessity at that point. I would have if I would have made the fight at 160 and made Shava struggle to get to 160. You're not gonna fight Golovkin at 164. And at that point, that's a super middleweight fight. You're looking at 164. You're basically fighting at the, at super middleweight. Is what you're fighting at. And you, it's that old saying, Carlos, you better, you better how's it go? Better something about hoping and wishing. And you know, Canelo better he really better hope Chavez is the Chavez that he saw against Sergio Martinez. Because the way Chavez is looking, the way he's talking, and from talking to people in his camp, this is a totally different this is the Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I'm told of when he when he when he beat Andy Lee. When he became the WBC middleweight champion of the world. I think Canelo Alvarez is in for a very big rude awakening coming up in two days. I really, really do. I don't even know if that answered the question, but it is kind of going off that. I think he's in a lot of trouble. I think he's biting up a little more than he can chew coming up on Saturday. Now, one thing that I definitely have been wrapping my head around is about, and mostly about Chavez. Because to be honest with you, this fight really is a little bit more about who he says our Chavez because he's been kind of in obscurity ever since he lost to Sergio Martinez all, all those years back. And, and don't get me wrong, Chavez was dreadful in that fight up until that 12th round. And then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, this guy has the potential to be such a great fighter. You look at that 12th round, that kind of desperation, that kind of urgency – and the power that that he carries, it's not, it's not easy to take down Sergio Martinez, even though he was old and, you know, he was in the twilight years of his career. It's still not easy to take him down like that. So now I'm thinking it's possible. Could it be that we're going to see that Canelo Alvarez fight? Because I think for Canelo, I think if you're um, Chavez, I, was thinking, if you, I think if you're Chavez you're feeling actually pretty confident. You may be thinking about what has worked well for you throughout all those years, uh, throughout the years in which you become a champion in which you've taken people by surprise and just use that to, to your advantage. Because listen, you have, Chavez has a ton of power. So does Canelo. And I think, and I definitely think that as a guy who is bigger has the reach advantage, he can definitely try to make Canelo uncomfortable early in the fight. I think if 
Chavez is able to just put a ton of pressure and put and get Canelo into the court, into the ropes and just have and just have Chavez go to town on Canelo's body. I certainly think that there's a ch- decent chance that he can pull off the upset. How about, how about you? This is a this is a high risk, high reward fight for Canelo Alvarez. This is a low risk, high reward for Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. He's got everything to everything to gain and nothing to lose. Where Canelo has everything to gain and everything to lose. You know, I, you look at the mindsets of both guys, and I've watched a lot of footage, just a lot of interviews from both guys leading into this fight. And the one, and, and, I, and I've talked to Canelo, and in listening, and I'm going to have a surprise for you guys, and even the boss man doesn't know yet that i got to message him about, about a, a certain interview that we may have with one of these guys coming up. Um, it just feels like Chavez is in a better mindset. He, I, I think he's, and then people have been seeing some stuff. Oh, he's fake, relaxed, and this guy's cool, cool as a cucumber, man. This guy's fought in front of a hundred thousand people, and, you know. And look at who his dad is. He's been in these environments. This isn't to him. This really isn't that big of a deal. It's a big fight. It's to determine who's the king of Mexico, who is the best boxer in Mexico. There's a lot of pride in that, and I think he takes a lot of pride in it. He knows how big this is. And that's where I think this plays into Canelo's advantage because Canelo's been here before. This is nothing new to Canelo Alvarez. It's, he's been in these big fights. He's been in these big fights for a very long time. This is no joke to him. This is a walk in the park. You just look at the guys he's faced. You know, Mayweather. You know, Miguel Cotto, Amir Khan. You know, Shane, whatever, regardless of what you want to say about Shane Mosley, he faced Shane Mosley. He faced Austin Trout when Austin Trout was on top of his game and regarded as one of the best Walter, one of the best 154-pound fighters in the world. Josecito Lopez when he was on top of his game. Kermit Cintron, a former world champion. Carlos Baldemir, a former undisputed welterweight champion. This guy's been there. He's been to the dance. This is nothing new for Canelo Alvarez. And this is where something... Beyond the Sergio Martinez fight, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., Carlos, hasn't been in this big fight like this. He's been in one big fight that did about 500,000 buys, between four and 500,000 buys on pay-per-view. Canelo's had the millions and the millions and the millions watching him on pay-per-view and around the world. This is a cakewalk for him. I think in terms of big fight experience, I think Canelo has the advantage. But on the mental side of this, I think I think Chavez has the advantage here. I think Canelo is that amped up. He feels disrespected. He is not a fan of Chavez Jr. whatsoever. I think it's it's the mind versus matter mentality. Big fight experience, the mental side. They both hit like trucks. But the, does the power in your mind? Does the power translate from going from one fifty four? 155, I'm, that doesn't mean that. Yeah, it's middleweight, big freaking deal. This is now where you're playing with the big boys now. This is big boy power. Does that power translate for Canelo Alvarez to 164 and a half? I don't think, I don't know if it does. I, it's another big key. 
going into this fight. So we know with Chavez, it's there. I don't know if it's there with Canelo. I really don't. Yeah, it's hard to say whether or not the power actually does translate because it's very hard for any boxer to certainly be the same boxer they were from, from one weight class to, to the next one. And that's usually five pounds. You're essentially going almost the equivalent of two weight classes for this one fight. And we've seen guys in the past try that, and it hasn't worked all too well. I look back to when Kel Brook fought Golovkin. Kel Brook went from, from welterweight all the way to middleweight, and he looked good at first, but then, you, but then Golovkin's power just was too much for him. And I think we're going to – I think Chavez – I think his power is going to be a little more in display with Canelo because I, I'm not 100% sure what exactly has been his training for weight class such as this because you've been training, let's face it, yes, he's been a middleweight for the last five fights, technically at middleweight. Let's, he's been training as if he was going to be a super, he's been a, a super welterweight or a junior middleweight. Uh, for most of his career, because that one pound really doesn't make a difference. No. Now I'm curious whether or not I think what they I think what they might what Canelo could work could have worked on throughout this entire training camp is just is that is trying to make the transition from 155 to 164 and a half pound as easily as possible. But I think to an extent you're gonna lose some power. I think we're going to see some power of Canelo that we're accustomed to seeing, but we're not going to see the same mold Canelo Alvarez. And I think that's where Chavez can take advantage because he's so much bigger. We know he's going to have that much power at 164 and a half pounds. And that's where I think that getting the advantage early on is going to affect, is going to give Chavez such an edge in those six rounds. Because one thing, the one thing that also needs to be taken into account when making that drastic weight change is Canelo's stamina. I mean, we're, we're used to seeing him fight 12-round uh, fights. That's not, that's not the issue. The issue is not whether he's going to be able to do 10 pounds heavier than he's normally accustomed to. And that's another key factor, not just power, but stamina. And I think that the stamina is going to be a, a factor for both guys because Chavez has struggled with making weight. And he's looked winded and dehydrated in some of his last fights. So I think whoever can manage their stamina early on in the middle rounds as best as possible, and if they have that second win, it's kind of similar to what we saw in the Joshua Klitschko fight. It's similar to what we got. If, if whoever is able to catch their second win and take advantage of whatever power they have, I think that, that could have also win the fight. You know, and you bring up a valid point. And, I, and you were talking about the weight. And I talk, when I talked to Canelo, I, and that's one of the questions I asked him. I'm like, hey, I'm like, what have you been doing to bring that power up? And he said he did a lot more weight, a lot more weightlifting, which he said he's done, but he hasn't really had to focus on too much in his camp, just in previous camps, just due to, you know, the way he trains. You know, he just naturally he has a big physique, but he was telling me he did a lot more weight training, more weightlifting for this fight. And, you bring up the valid point of about fluctuating weights. Remember when he dropped down to 150 to fight Floyd Mayweather? There was a very – Canelo wanted to fight that bad. He had never fought at 150 pounds, but he wanted that fight. So, well, he did. 
but it had been a long time. But he really wanted that fight with Floyd Mayweather. He didn't fight a welterweight in three years before that fight. And you look at what and you look at what happened. He looked drained at weigh-ins. He made the weight, but he didn't look his best. He didn't look sharp. And look at what happened. And he got walloped for twelve rounds. That was a twelve. That was a. He went to school from Floyd Mayweather. He went to the school of Mayweather. And then now you're looking at this. He's going up. I just think going up that much weight was a mistake. He was the he's the A as they like to say in boxing. He was the A side in this situation. I would have kept it at 160. Make Chavez. Chavez even said he could have gotten down to 160. I'd have made him try to get down to 160. I just this weight's gonna play a big factor. And like you said, with Joshua Klitschko, it looked like Joshua in around after the fourth round, it looked like Joshua was really tired. He gained that moment. He got he got that second adrenaline rush in the latter half of the fight. And look at what happened. And he knocked out Vladimir Klitschko. I think it's different here because you got two young lions. And that's what I'm intrigued by. You got 30, Chavez is 31, Canelo's 26. You look at that right there alone. Still two young guys who but but have been through the wars. I think, like you said, I think how these guys pace themselves in the first couple through the at least to the sixth round, the fight goes as long, goes that long. You get to about the midway point of the fight. You're gonna I think you'll be able to tell by then who's going to win the fight. Who who's the fresher fighter? Whoever's the fresher fighter, I think will win the fight. I really do. But also remember we're talking about weight here. If shot Chavez will get fined and have to give to Alvarez one million dollars. If per pound that he is over. So remember that as well. I think that's a very big key with Wayne's being being Friday. It's a very big thing no one's talking about here. There's a lot of financial incentive as well, I think, for Julio Cesar Chavez to make sure he makes 164.5. I think he makes. I think he makes it pretty handedly. I think he comes in, I'm going to say between, I say either 163 or 163.5. I think... Just to prove a point to everybody that he can make weight, and I think we're underestimating his value going into Saturday night. Which I think is going to be pretty big because a lot of people already for the past few years have kind of written off uh, Chavez's career. Let's face it. After that Sergio Martinez fight, he has been in absolute limbo. I mean, he's... I think he's he's challenged for like an international or intercontinental light heavyweight title, and he lost that one. I think it went to Fanfara, and then you have to then you have to look at you know all the doubts from you know coming from that Sergio Martinez fight, and you mentioned earlier in the fight that about the mindset. You, yeah, he's, you're absolutely right. Well, let's face it: if Chavez loses the fight, it's really not going to affect him career-wise. It's not. No. It's it really doesn't. So I think that's you know that's for Chavez. He li- he really has nothing to lose. He's gonna get a massive payday, win or lose the fight. And even if losing the fight, if he looks well enough, he could still attract a lot of big fights just from this Canelo fight. It's Canelo who is going to have a ton of pressure uh, in the back of his head because you know that there's always there's going to be that question throughout the next couple of days. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. About Gennady Golovkin. That's been, a, that's been a story for the past week and a half, that Golovkin will fight whoever wins this fight. And that Canelo is just you not know, just focusing on, on Chavez. And I know, I know he'll say he's not worried at all about Golovkin. If that fight happens, it'll happen. But you got to imagine that for all the talks that have been happening for the past year and a half, it's got to it's gotta stick somewhere in his mind because he's it been does. hearing it so much. And it does. He, he's, he's lying. Sorry to cut you off. He's lying. If he's, he's lying to the public. I didn't bring it up to him. I know a lot of people that really haven't brought it up to him. Just talking to different boxing media, talking to a lot of media. They really haven't brought up Golovkin. I know a couple that have, but a lot of these guys haven't. You know, because when he has, he keeps going back to this stuff I don't focus on. In the back of his mind, Carlos, he is thinking about this. And you talked about Chavez. Chavez just has to look good here. Like you said, he's in a he's in that, like we said earlier, that everything to gain, everything, nothing to lose situation. No one expected him to really get back to this point. And he and the bumps he's had in the road are to his own undoing. This isn't like something where injuries or deaths in the family. This is all on him. Missing weight, failing drug tests, getting pulled over for DUIs. You know, not not just taking his fight career seriously. And that blowout loss of Fonfara at light heavyweight, which was a huge mistake. You know, he looked good against British in his last fight in December, and that's what got him to this point. And we see I I found film on I found a video on that fight, and he looked like a completely different fighter. He looked like the fighter that I seen against Andy Lee, Manfredo, Sebastian's beak when he won the middleweight title, you know, and in the twelfth round against Sergio Martinez. If you get that Chavez. I think you're in. I think we're going to be in for an entertaining fight. But this is like this is a redemption fight for Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. It really is. At the end of the day, he needs he needs the win. But even if he loses, and he shows the heart that a lot of people don't think he has at this point of the game, if he shows that intestinal fortitude, 
I think he gains a lot of those fans back. I think he gets back into that conversation among big fights. I really do. Now, but we're going to soon get to into our predictions, and we will. Uh, but before we do get our predictions and talk about the undercard, which I think is a pretty, a pretty decent undercard. Uh, in your opinion, the, the, the boxing expert, Stephen Muehlhausen, what's going to be your keys to the fight if you're both Canelo and you're Chavez? I'll put you if, on the spot. If I am – well, the first thing for Chavez is to make weight. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first time. Does that. And then I, going to the fight, I think he's just got to control the fight with the jab. It was like what we were talking about with one of the keys last week for Vladimir Klitschko. And Klitschko did it early. And when Klitschko was winning the fight, he was popping the jab. You have the reach advantage. The jab set, when we said this last, I said this last week, jab sets up everything. That is common sense in boxing. If you have a good enough jab, I think, you know, the, the jab can get you a lot of places. And you look at the fact that Chavez is with Nacho Bernstein, when the Hall of Fame trainer, one of the best trainers in boxing. You know they're, they're working on conditioning. I think they're working on the jab. I really just think, I think his footwork has got to be on point. He's got to know when to get in and get in and land that patented left hook. That left hook is nasty. He landed, ask Sergio Martinez how that left hook worked. I'm still shocked Sergio Martinez got up, but I just watched that fight. I think I watched it, I watched it Monday. That's how I wanted to get, you know, just get my mind ready for this fight. And I watched that fight. That left hook is dirty, man. It's a great left hook. He's got to land the jab. The jab will set up the hook. He's a technical fighter. He's got power in both hands. He's got 32 knockouts out of his 50 career wins. This guy can knock people out. I think if he just controls the jab, he can control the pace of the fight. Canelo's not the most technical fighter. So I think if, what if I'm Chavez, I watched that Floyd Mayweather fight. And I even watched the Miguel Cotto fight. There were a lot of instances. I thought Miguel, Miguel Cotto fought very well. And what did Miguel, Miguel Cotto do? He boxed. He started with the jab and the jab set up everything for him in that fight. I think Chavez has to do the same thing. He sets up the jab. The jab will let him get inside and he can throw that left hook. Alvarez still isn't. He's still a little wild. He's still a little, he's still a little bit of a flamethrower. I think if Chavez can control that aspect, I think he can win the fight. For Canelo, Canelo has to be, he has to keep his poise. I think that's the the most important thing. Keep the poise. 90% of this sport is mental. With any sport, it's 90%. The rest of the top percent is your skill. And Canelo's got a lot of skill. I would love to see Canelo work on, become a more pure technical boxer. We've seen that from Golovkin in his last few fights. Known as a power puncher. And now you're starting to see since the day, starting with the David Lemieux fight, and we'll get into David Lemieux in a moment, started to become more of a technical boxer. He started leading with the jab. The jab sets up that power right hand. And that's what Canelo needs in this fight. If he gets the same thing, I, I, when he jabs, he's got a powerful jab. But I, a lot of times I've noticed with Canelo, it's a push jab. If he, gets, if he just pops the jab, I think he cannot – he's going to have to go on the inside. He's going to take some shots. And I think that's where Chavez has the advantage. But he has to get in. When you get in, get out. His footwork – his footwork's also a little sloppy. He's got to work on that footwork. 
If he worked on that footwork in this camp, which you're going up to a heavier weight, you have to have good footwork. I think if he has good footwork, I think that's another key to the fight. Because then that will set, let him get inside. That'll let him move side to side. He can go to the right. He can he can go to the right. He can avoid that left hook. I, I mean, to the left, and he can avoid that right hook, left hook. I apologize. The jab's the key for both guys, but I think the footwork and the composure, I think, is really going to be a key here for Canelo Alvarez. If he can put all that together, I think he wins the fight. I won't give my prediction yet. I'll see what you think, Carlos. But I think though, and those are some of my keys to the fight coming up on Saturday night. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's one thing that I wanted that I wanted to highlight is that Canelo's footwork, especially moving on to such a higher weight class, it's going to be very key. I'd argue is the most important thing for Canelo outside of looking good physically uh, and making that huge jump, that near 10-pound jump, is the fact that when you have a guy such as Chavez who is able to do some of the things that you've struggled with for, against other opponents like Miguel Cotto in some regards, like Floyd Mayweather in that absolute romp uh, when, when Canelo just schooled that night a few years ago. I think that's going to be the key. I think... What's going to happen is I think Chavez is going to put pressure in and just fight a technical fight against Canelo early on. And I think if Canelo can you do know, hmm? No, go ahead. Because all I was going to say was, and get back to your thought, I want to cut you up, but you were talking about that. Remember the Lara fight as well? That was a tough fight for Canelo Alvarez. He, his, and that was a, he won the fight, and he won by his chinny, chin, chin. Like you said, now, you can go back to your thought. Just remember the Lara fight as well. When he faces pure boxers, he has a big, big problem. I agree. And you know, and thank you for reminding me about the Lara fight. I don't know why I completely forgot when that was about as close a Canelo win as he has had in the past several years. But yeah, as That's I why I'm here for you, buddy. <laughs> uh, and the fact that I think, oh, yeah. you know... I think Canelo, if he's able to just establish and get into good, uh, get good footwork early in the fight, I, and, I, and I preface by saying this, whoever is able to get into a good rhythm, in those first two rounds, that'll set up the tone. Because physically, there's a little bit of questions for, everybody, for both guys here. For Canelo, can he actually you know, fight well and beat the same Canelo under 64 and a half pounds? And for Chavez... Is he going to have any issues whatsoever making weight and in the 160-somethings as he's had in the past few years? So I think the footwork and getting to good rhythm for, for both of these guys is going to be pretty key. Now, you talked about – I think what you said, too, was very important. The first, right at the beginning of the fight, who's going to establish the pace? Who's going to set that tone? Will shot? Will they just kind of feel each other out, or is someone going to try and establish the tone? If I'm Chavez, I want to establish that tone early. If I can come out, if he can come out and win those first two rounds, get those first two rounds in the pocket, in the bag. You want to put Canelo on the ropes because I think if if Chavez can do that. And then, then you can get the wild Canelo. Then he's going to start going for broke a little bit more. He's going to start being a little more crazy. 
if Canelo comes out of the gate right out of the box and does what a lot of people think he's going to do, I think it could be an, an easy night at the office for Canelo Alvarez. I really do. Even though the fight can end with one shot, don't get me wrong, and Chavez has that power. I just think that, like you said, I think that's key. The first two rounds of this fight are very, very huge. So now the undercard. I mean, I'm reading these off, this off my phone. Um, first fight, opening fight of the undercard, Joseph Diaz against Manuel Tino Avila, a couple of undefeated featherweights. Actually, not a bad way to open up the pay-per-view. Have, it, have a guy like – have two undefeated guys, two good undefeated young prospects in these guys. Um, I don't know if I do, but I, I think I got Joseph Diaz winning this fight. And I think I'll, I, I actually see Joseph Diaz – uh, winning by knockout. I, I know both guys aren't necessarily huge power guys. They're not. But I think Joseph Diaz has just a little bit more power in him and win this fight early on. I'd say maybe a mid-fight uh, knockout, mid-fight stopping. Maybe we're on the fifth, sixth round. I think Diaz wins this handedly. I don't really – I don't see – he's so talented. And you watch him fight and – it's just something about him, and I think he puts on the show here. This is I, I always preface this when you know, when you watch and when you're watching the undercard, the, the main card pay per view portions of fights, guys. These are guys trying to get to that next level. All these guys want to go in there and put on a show. They all want to get to the point of a Canelo Alvarez, a Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., an Anthony Joshua, a Vladimir Klitschko, an Andre Berto, a Sean Porter. They want to get to that point. Joseph Diaz is a, a name. He's got a point to prove here. This is a big test for him. He's getting a little bit of the rub here. A good showing. And then I think he can get near he can get to those main events on HBO. I really, really do. Or, you know, not on the airing on e, Golden Boy cards on ESPN. Maybe a main event fight on ESPN. I think Diaz wins. I, I would say either fifth or sixth round stoppage. Absolutely. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're both we're both one one on here. Um, Boo, I don't like agreeing with you, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of agreeing with you. I'm reluctantly agreeing, agreeing with you. Just so just so our great fans know, I'm not agreeing with him because I want to. It's because I actually do agree with him. Second fight, Lucas Matisse against Emmanuel Taylor. Uh, oof. I love Lucas Matisse. I really do. I'm a big fan of Matisse. One thing I'm interested in is how he's looking after the Victor Postel fight. He got knocked out in the 10th round. And interesting, honestly, he's been looking good in his last three fights before that. And as much as I like Lucas Matisse, I'm going to say Emmanuel Taylor wins this one. Wow. I'm going to say he pulls out wow. the upset. You I think just knocked it- me off my chair. <laughs> Man, I'm old and I got a bad neck. I got I to gotta be careful there. I got to watch out. Wow, you just shot you just the first shocker of the podcast today. Wow, you're going. This is a do or die fight for Lucas Matisse. It really is. This is he's got a new lease on life here for one night, and he has to win here. This is when it comes to must win fights, he just can't win and beat Emmanuel Taylor. He has to look great here. I'm, I'm going to go with Matisse. I think he has another run. If he's going to make a run, 
It starts in two days. I'm going to Lucas Mutise by decision. And I and again, I say this as a huge Lucas Matisse fan. I absolutely love him. I've always enjoyed his fights, all of his fights. Um, but I don't know. I think that he him losing to Victor Postel. He's thirty four. Uh, let's see when he's turning. What are you saying? What are you saying? Thirty four is old. <laughs> Listen, I'm thirty. I'm thirty six, brother. There's days I. There's days I feel. Everything is old to me. I'm 22. Everything is old to me. Man, 30, 30, 34 isn't old. Not even close, my friend. Not even close. I know. Come on. I know. Come on, I know. Carl. But Come on. I, I would die. Don't get me wrong. I would die to be 22, but I don't mind being 36. Call it Matisse. It's like he's been in some wars. It is a very – I get what you're saying. It's a very old 34, and you're exactly right. He's been through the wars. You look at the Provotnikov fight. Holy Christ, was that a war. I'll just give that one fight right there, and that takes years off anybody's life. But, that was one of my favorite fights. I hate to cut you off, but that was one of my favorite fights in the last few oh, years. And again, I'm a humongous Provotnikov fan. I love Provotnikov. That was an amazing fight. But at the end of the day, I like Taylor. Don't get me wrong, and that's not taking anything away from him. But I think he's a guy that can make some noise in the down the line. But I still think Matisse has something. We're gonna find out. I could be dead wrong when we come back on when we come back on Saturday night after the fight. I could be dead wrong, but I I'm gonna go with my gut here, and I'm gonna go with Lucas Matisse. Co-main event: David Lemieux versus Marco Reyes. Once again, what is it with Lemieux somehow finding its way into fights with the guys with huge knockout numbers? And you know what? If there's anything like Lemieux's last fight, this is going to be a short fight, but it's going to be the funnest fight of the night, bar none. I look at David Lemieux, and this guy just doesn't get the credit he deserves. People just think, oh, he's a guy with nice hair who's Canadian and can hit kind of hard. He's got beautiful hair. <laughs> I would love to have hair like that. But guy can hit. He can fight. Look at the heart he had against Golovkin. That was a heart of a champion. And, and look at that knockout against Curtis Stevens. I just watched, I watched it early this evening. And I got, I got goosebumps on it. Anyone can see. It is not cold in my basement. I got some goosebumps here, gents. I got some right there. Some beautiful stuff right there. This is, quality get me, this is quality video. Knockouts get me excited. Knockouts get me geeked. I got like goosebumps going up and down my neck right now. It's absolutely amazing. I wish we could have like the video. I wish I had a better camera on this computer. And you guys could see the goosebumps going down my neck and my back here. Because David, that was one of the best knockouts I've seen in a while. And he got he earned another opportunity, like you said. He really wanted on this card. Golden Boy wanted him on this card. And he is the backup plan. If the fight with Golovkin doesn't get made for one reason or another, this is De La Hoya's backup plan. David Lemieux has to win for that plan, at least if somehow this fight with Golovkin doesn't get made for September. And, you know, it's not a bad backup plan. I think David Lemieux is a very good fighter. I think this is a blowout here. Reyes is the setup guy here. He's the, he is what we call in boxing the tomato can. In this scenario, he is supposed to stand there and get his get his uh, block knocked off here, if we, if we want to say that. 
I call David Lemieux by massacre. And that's what I'm going with. I'm not yeah. giving a round. I just think he wins by a massacre. I agree. I all I say is David Lemieux is gonna win this easily. It's gonna be, but it's going to be a super fun fight. David Lemieux always has fun. great fights. That's the one thing, and even the Golovkin fight at moments, because he hit Golovkin a couple times, and he, he clocked him pretty good. Lemieux can hit, man. Guy can box. Who knew Canadians can box? No offense to, like, Lucien Boutet and Jean Pascal. There's, like, three Canadian, and I guess it's Donna Stevenson. We'll talk about him at another time, but you got, like, four Canadians that can box. That's four more. I'm not a big fan of Canada. I know we're owned by Canadians. I I apologize. I shouldn't have said it, but no, I I like raising Canadians. I have a big fa- Canadian fan base, but Canadians in sports. I thought Canadians are just good at drinking beer, and I love beer. I love Molson's, Molson's, some La Black Blue sponsorship. By the way, I'm pl- I hope the Molson people are watching. The La Black people are watching. I like Molson's. You like you drink Molson's? You're in New Jersey. Uh, in New I've Jersey, you get it. Oh, come on. Go uh, my my pro, you got finals tomorrow or are you done? No, I'm done. Your job for tonight. Are you close to a liquor store? If I had a car. Are you close to a liquor store by foot? No. Not even close. You got a bicycle? No. The gl- the, gl- the closest means the transportation I have. It's sitting a thousand miles south of here in Puerto Rico, and that is in is a jeep. That's the closest thing I have to transportation. Wow, gotta buy a car, man. Get a scooter. Buy a bicycle. Come on, man. You gotta get get the beer. I know when we're down here. I got I got a fifteen pack of Founders, and and I'm gonna slam about four of them, man. Got a party, man! It's party time. Come on, man! A guy like yourself after finals, I'd be be like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, come on! Back to David Lemieux. <laughs> David, no, I don't even know how he got in this conversation, but no. Canadians in boxing. Who never? Canadians are good at wrestling. Pro at pro wrestling. There's a lot of good Canadian MMA fighters. I didn't know there were many you don't you Canuckers. Yo, you Canucks, you know how to box. Who knew? I'm sorry. I love Canadians, but eh, when it comes to boxing, eh, I didn't think they could box. But no, David Lemieux is awesome. Former WBC middleweight champion. I think he looks good here. This is a showcase fight for David Lemieux. This could be a, a if it's not Golovkin, maybe Billy Joe Saunders. I think maybe that fight could be made for later on in the year, or maybe somebody else. You know, maybe. Maybe Peter Quinlan, I think maybe could happen as well. I don't know. I think maybe that'd be a fight. Maybe I'd entertain, but Lemieux wins here. It's going to be another big fight for David Lemieux, but I think he looks really good here, and I think it's a good setup to the main event. Now for the main event. Canelo Alvarez, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. See, I've been, I've been saying Canelo throughout this entire time. But the closer we get to fight time, the closer we get to both guys being in the ring, there's just something in the back of my mind that's telling me this could be Chavez's night. And I want to, and, and listen, and I root for a guy, as a lot of times I just root for him because I know he can be an outstanding boxer. But 
I don't know. It, it feels like he's been already counted out so many times, but there's a lot going for him. There really is. And I think ultimately I'm going to say you – know, <coughs> my mistake, sorry. Still a little, still a little under the weather from oh, last good, week. Man. You're good. Um, I'll say Canelo wins. So by, for now, Canelo wins in the cards – Majority decision. I think it's going to be an extreme. It's going to be that. You're going to the card. You're going to the cards. I think it's going to You're go going to, the to the cards. Wow. Ask me, ask me 24 hours. Wow, 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 wow. And I could even say Chavez wins like ninth round stoppage. Because the closer we're getting to this fight, the more I'm liking Chavez. But I still think at this moment, Canelo's winning in the cards. Maybe we're going to see a couple of knockdowns. But I don't think either guy. You know, I don't think either guy has. Ha, they have more heart than to just simply be knocked out of the fight outright. I think both guys are gonna punish each other all night long, and we're gonna get a decision in the cards. Really, man, this fight is. I've been kind of. I've been on that same boat of going back and forth on this, and I got to ask this on Monday. I did a did a radio interview for um, CBS affiliate sports affiliate out of Michigan, and at the time I went with Canelo, it's because I really just thought that man I don't I don't know if Chavez is ready for this, and the more I've thought about it, the more I've listened to Canelo talk, and the more I see how composed Julio has been, and you know and I've been watching their fights and. I just think this weight's going to be too much for Canelo. I'm going to go with the upset. I could be dead wrong, and I'm fine with it. But I'm going with Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I'm going to think he's going to knock him out in the 10th round. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth fight. I think that each guy early on is going to have their moments. And I just think the power of Chavez is going to be too much. And I think Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. gets that gets that redemption, and I think he, he shocks the world. And I think we see Chavez Jr. and Golovkin. Ooh. Chavez Jr. and Golovkin. I, you know, that's funny. I never really thought about that, but that could very easily happen. And uh, and here in our live chat, uh, Ole, Sammy, Ole, say casual prediction here, Canelo, TKO in round seven. That's also very possible. It's very possible this fight could end um, in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Very easy. Hey, you guys have enough power to do it. Thank you for the question, and thank you for the prediction. I, I might even say Canelo can't win the fight. I think Canelo can easily win this fight. I just think there's too much going against Canelo here and too much going for Chavez. Just the way – I think tomorrow's weigh-in, too, I think will play a really big game. I want to see how the guys are at the weigh-ins. You know, but as of today, I, I, and it's on video, so I, I can't take it back, but I can also change my mind when we get the, the day of the fight and I look at it tomorrow. But as of right now, I think Chavez wins. I, you know, it would be, be a great story. I just think Canelo is biting off a little bit more than he can chew here. He wants the big fight, and I respect the hell out of that. But there comes a point in time where the big fight bites you in the ass. I think it bites him in the ass coming up on Saturday. All right, so there you have it. Our official Fightful Boxing Podcast predictions. Uh, We're going to not to wrap things up, but... As always, visit Fightful.com. We're going to have complete coverage of Fight Night on Saturday. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure that there will be online streaming for the undercard, not just for the for the main card. I believe there is. I, I think it's CaneloChavez.com. Uh, I'm going to go look it up really quick. Because I got an email about online ordering the fight, which I'm extremely glad. I'm happy that, there, that this fight is going to be streamed online. Not, uh, you know, and the HBO is not the only people providing this fight. I really am excited. For... You know, because because it's a lot of difficult. So there's a lot of people that don't have cable these days, you know, and I'm glad that, you know, you're starting to see these promotional companies starting to put out better opportunities for people that are not able to watch watch the fight live on HBO pay-per-view. Like, I'm going to watch it on my nice big 60, 60-inch TV, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe I'll take a – maybe I'll do a little periscope of the fight. Man, I We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm feeling kind of froggy. Maybe I will. But, no, I'm glad they do this stuff for guys like you. I know, Carlos, I don't have cable being in college and everything. So, you got to stream it. You got to stream it, baby. It's, the, it's becoming the 21st century. Yeah. Uh, GoldenBoyPPV.com. That's where you can order the fight online. This is really awesome. good. And you can order it in English and Spanish. And you know what? I think I might actually order the fight in Spanish. Because they got Eric Mor- Morales on the Golden Boy uh, on the Golden Boy commentator thing, I'm actually really, I'm actually kind of want to uh, listen to that. Do you watch a lot of fights in Spanish or just English? Uh, when I can, I'll usually watch the fight in Spanish if it's HBO. If it's Showtime, always going to be in English. <laughs> That's for another conversation. That's for another. Well, we'll save that for next week. All right. We'll save that. But uh, yeah, as always, um, visit Fightful.com. We're going to have complete coverage of with uh, live viewing, uh, live uh, discussion, live coverage. Uh, I'm going to be all since like the earliest that they'll be streaming the undercard fights. I will be there um, giving my general recaps of all the results and everything. I'll be giving round by round uh, analysis and my own little scoring for out the night for that fight uh, for the main event. And then after that, we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a little post spiteful uh, post Canelo post, um, Chavez paper um, podcast. Wow, words are hard. Now the, the question I have for you, well, because I'm Mexican, so you cannot have drinks. Will you bring a cerveza on for the for the uh, post fight festivities? Maybe Mexican Independence Day. But no, okay. go to Fightful.com, guys. We're, we're kicking a lot, of, a lot of ass here. We're taking a lot of names. Find us on iTunes. Find us on Stitcher. You can find us on all your, your podcasting platforms. You can find any way you find a podcast. Definitely, if you don't listen, go to the website. Definitely go find us on iTunes and Stitcher. We're kicking a lot of butt over there as well. But no, we're two days away. You can also find us on Twitter at Fightful Online. Fight at, at Fightful Wrestling. Was it Fightful Wrestling? Fightful Wrestling and, and also at Fightful MMA as well. Follow us all over Twitter and Facebook as well. So thank you guys so much for everything. The site's going well. Podcasts are doing well. We appreciate the support. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, you can uh, you can also find me at Colestore360 on Twitter. Uh, Steven, you can find him at, at Steven Mulehausen. I'm going to let you spell your last name. <laughs> S. Mulehausen, M-M-A, S-M-U-E-H-L-H-A-U-S-E-N-M-M-A. All right, so for the Fightful Boxing Podcast, Carlos Toro, Steven Mulehausen, signing out.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.